This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, as always, if you'd like more information about what you hear on our show today, you can go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. You can click on the radio page and listen to all of our previous shows that we do weekly together, Tony Shore and I. Lots of great educational topics on there for you. Um, You can request further information from us. You can actually request uh, specific topics that you would like for us to talk about on the radio show, and we will do some research and uh, put that together for you. Um, You can download this program on Spotify as well and uh, use it to your liking. So just wanted to welcome you to the show today. And actually, the reason behind the show today was because one of our clients recently asked some questions. We're in the middle of tax season, and um, we're going to talk today about well ways to help clients reduce their taxes on Social Security, specifically. Um, but before we do that, let me bring in my co-host, Mr. Tony Shore, to help us discuss this topic today. Yeah, this is a good one. I'm glad you've got this topic lined up for us, Nick. I think it's going to be good because a lot of people don't even realize that Social Security can be taxed, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but first... The Masters, you're into golf. What did you think? Pretty great week. I was actually able to be there a little bit and see some of the uh, live action in person. That is amazing. Uh, Pretty amazing golf course. It is very, very difficult, I'll tell you what. And uh, beautiful setting. Beautiful setting. Yeah, Augusta, supposedly one of the most beautiful courses in the world. Would you say that's probably true after being there? The nicest one I've been on for sure. Uh, The grounds are amazing, Tony. It's just every little – It's it's almost like going to a botanical gardens, honestly. Um, uh, all of the areas that are outside of the course are just so well maintained. It's yeah, it's not even just like a lot of golf courses. Of course, they maintain the the you know the fairways and the and the greens, but everything at Augusta is immaculate, right? The, every detail, every little detail on the entire grounds. Yeah, it's a huge property. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, amazing. And I don't I don't personally golf a lot myself. Uh, but I did catch a few of the highlights. It looked interesting. I know Tiger was injured, uh, so he didn't uh, do well there. But Rom won, and uh, always good to see somebody new get the green jacket, right? Definitely. Another Spaniard, right? I think it's the fourth or fifth. Yeah. Overall. Yeah, isn't that so, interesting? Cool. I find that yeah. fascinating. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, you you, that, you think that you think maybe somebody from America, you know, an American or a Scot, you know, from somebody from Scotland, you know, winning it. Yeah. But uh, from Spain, you know, you don't think of Spain as being a big golf. Five yeah. five very famous golfers from Spain. Yeah, yep, that have won the Masters. Yeah. So I thought it was cool to see Phil Mickelson there. Uh, he's an oldie yep. but a goodie. I always liked him. Definitely, yeah. he's a great person. Yeah, right? yeah, cool. So uh, now, how have you been, though? You had a good time at the Masters. Uh, I just got back from Palm Springs. Uh, had a friend nice. Had a friend fly me out there, and I DJed an event with Gina Shock, the drummer for the Go-Go's. Got to hang with oh, her and a couple cool. of members of the Go-Go's out there. 
Yeah, That's that awesome. was nice. that was really fun. So we just could both got back from big trips, but I know you're busy with work. It's tax season. Speaking of taxes, uh, let's just uh, dig right into the topic today. How about that? Yeah, it's it's a very, very timely topic because obviously right here in the middle of tax season. And, you know, for so many people, obviously, Social Security is just such an important component of their overall retirement income planning. And most people talk to me about when they should claim benefits and what's the optimal claiming strategy. But the reason why I wanted to talk about this specific topic today is because retirement income planning just isn't complete without also considering taxes. You have to be very strategic on your tax planning to help reduce and avoid unnecessary taxes on benefits like Social Security. And so I thought it would just be good for us to talk about that today, Tony. Yeah, I think so as well. And, um, you know, like I said at the beginning, and I used to feel this way, I thought, well, I don't have to worry about taxes in retirement because I'm going to be hardly paying any taxes because I'm no longer working. And I don't have to worry about Social Security isn't taxed, so I don't have to worry about that. But that's just not true. That's exactly right. And um, it's 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 such an important part because it can just obviously erode 10, 20, 30 percent of your overall income you're going to live on. So you got to figure this out. Now, the first thing that I'll mention is obviously I'm not an accountant, Tony. We work very closely with many accountants in sure. our office, but uh, I'm a CFP and I know enough about the tax situation to help our listeners understand the the basic concepts here. And, you know, before we start talking about about ways to reduce taxes and social security. Let me just kind of define how your social security taxes are actually taxed. Right, because they your can income be is taxed. taxed. That's right. And uh, for for the lucky listeners here in Oregon, um, you know, the state of Oregon does not tax yeah, social security good. income. So that's great. Uh, but federally you do. Yeah. And the way that it works on a federal level is they look at what's called your combined income or provisional income. It's the same definition. And what that is, is it's your adjusted gross income plus the non-taxable interest that you earn plus half of your social security benefits. And that determines the threshold that you fall into to see if you're going to be taxed and how much of your social security benefit could be taxed. A lot of people, Tony asked me, what is non-taxable interest? That doesn't make any sense. That basically is tax-free income that you make. So from municipal bonds, um, other specific investments do provide you with non-taxable interest. They're some kind of a a benefit for using that specific solution. So you can't forget those. Um, But long story short, so if you file single and your combined income, like I just mentioned there, is between $25,000 and $34,000, you're going to have to pay taxes on up to about 50% of your social security benefit. And if you go above that threshold of 34,000, now you may have to pay taxes on up to 85% of your social security benefit. Um, Those numbers change a little bit when you are married because obviously uh, you're filing joint. And in that situation, if you're you're between 32,000 and 44,000, then you would have to pay taxes on up to 50% of your benefits. And if you're greater than 44,000, you're going to have to pay taxes on up to 85% of your social security benefits. Mm. So that's interesting. And obviously, um, single versus married uh, is different. And when you say up to 85%, I guess the good news here is 15% of your social security, at least 15% cannot be taxed and won't be taxed. That's right. And another way to think about it, let me try to do some math here for the listeners, because a lot of people just say, well, those thresholds are so low, 
I'm going to automatically pay 85%. I'm going to automatically pay taxes on 85% of my benefit. But remember, if you look at the way that it's calculated first, it starts with adjusted gross income. So you do get a standard deduction off of that, right? Typically for for um, single filers, it's somewhere around thirteen to fourteen thousand a year, and for joint filers, it's twenty-seven to twenty-eight thousand yeah. a year. So that that's a huge difference here. And then it's only half of your social security benefit. Remember right. that. So really, people that fall into the range of anywhere between you know say sixty and ninety thousand of total income on an annual basis can do a lot to avoid undue taxes on their social security benefit which would be a huge benefit for them. Yeah, too. and looking ahead to the future and and taxes in retirement is something that you do. Uh, even though you're not a tax professional as a financial advisor, you're looking ahead, whereas a lot of CPAs are just looking back at last year or what you can pay on this year's taxes uh, and reducing the amount you pay this year. We're talking about reducing the amount you pay on income in retirement. And so that's, a, that's part of retirement plan, planning and part of that big picture and I'm glad you're looking at that big picture. There's so many different things that you need to take into account because like you just said, typically accountants are just going to want you to take the most deductions you possibly can today. But how is that going to affect the next couple of years? Like you mentioned, right? Right. There's, there's a lot of different things that you can discuss and figure out working with uh, your financial advisor uh, to figure out the right time to get more income when you need it. Um, the biggest thing, so the first thing that we'll talk about here to help you reduce your taxes is exactly what you said, which is prioritizing your retirement income planning. And if you don't have an income plan with your advisor, um, you need to ask them for one. We do this with all of our clients on the blueprint side where we specifically give them and lay out an income plan. And a lot of that has to do not only with their needs uh, of what their budget's going to be, but where you're going to pull the money from, from the different assets that they own. And more importantly, um, the taxation that's involved in that because it makes a huge, huge difference. And there's just so many planning steps that you can take to try to reduce your taxes on everything that you do when you're retired, including social security. Yeah, there you go. I think that's huge. So, uh, where do you want to begin? I mean, how do we reduce taxes on social security? So lots of different ways. Um, let's start with required minimum distributions, for instance. Okay. okay? So everybody knows that uh, at the age now of 73, you are required to take a minimum distribution out of uh, your retirement accounts on the 401k and traditional IRA side. Okay. And typically um, today, the IRS does change this, uh, this uh, age rating to tell you how much percentage wise you have to take out. But at the age of 73, it's between three and a half and 4% of your overall balance. Okay. Um, and so with many retired clients, you know, one of the larger kind of generations of, or uh, generators of taxable income is this required minimum distribution. You know, say you've got somebody that's got a half a million dollars in a retirement account. They've got to take 4% out a year. That's $20,000 of additional income that's added right to their baseline. They have no choice. They've got to take it out. It's required. Tony, you know what happens if they don't take it out? They get a huge penalty from the IRS, right? right? It used to be 50% of what they're supposed to take out. Now it's 25%. So the point here is for those clients who have not yet reached the age uh, in which they have to take an RMD, which is 73 right now, the years leading up to that age uh, represent an extremely good time 
to make some serious planning and take some great planning steps with your advisor to help reduce those required minimum distributions later in your years for retirement. Um, And many of the strategies that we're going to discuss today kind of compile on that and help you reduce your required minimum distributions. But think about how important that can be. I've got so many clients that come in, they retire between the ages of say 60 and 65, right? Right. Well, today they've got 13 to, you know, 13 years or, or, or five to 13 years where they don't necessarily have to take anything out of their accounts. And if they're not taking it out, depending on their tax situation, maybe we should be coming up with some strategies to lower the amount of taxation they're going to have later in life. Yeah, obviously, because at some point the government, the IRS is going to say, hey, you've got to start paying taxes on that money. So you've got to take distributions and pull it out of that account and pay taxes on it, whether you need it or not. And that's what an RMD is. It's a required minimum distribution. And the penalties for not taking it are are still steep, aren't they? I think they it was 50% the highest penalty in the IRS tax code, but I think it's, what is it now? It's down to 25% now, okay. which is still pretty steep. Yeah. It's pretty much the highest still penalty yes. in the yeah. tax code. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we don't want, uh, let, let's avoid that. And uh, yeah, let's avoid the RMD issue and getting stuck with a big, as uh, Ed Slot calls it, a ticking tax time bomb, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And you think about it, it's like we've worked our whole lives to save enough money to enjoy our retirement. And like you said at the beginning of the show, so many clients don't even consider or think that they're going to have to deal with taxes when they retire because they're not working. But here's the thing. I mean, you've saved all this money over the years. You've gotten a tax deduction for it. Now you retire and you get the benefits of retiring. You get Social Security and you get to live off this money that you've saved, but you still have to pay taxes. Yeah. And as it turns out, on your Social Security as well. And that's why we're talking about this today. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Everybody comes in, they go, look, I get this benefit for free from the government because I've paid into the system for at least 10 years when I was working. And I go, yeah. And they go, well, what do I have to pay taxes on it now for? And I said, I don't know. The government wants to get taxes. That's yeah. how, that's how they generate revenue. So <laughs> yeah. they're going to take it yeah. back from uncle us. Sam. Yeah. And I don't even think he's my real uncle. That's, that's... <laughs> Samuel, <laughs> uncle Samuel Shore. No, no. <laughs> uncle Sam, he's not my real uncle and he wants money uh, and to take money in retirement and off of social security, you know, for, uh, until 1984, there was no tax on social security. Yep. That's right. That's right. And then it was 50 um, and then it was up to 50%. Now it's up to 85%. I have a feeling, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, gonna that it's gonna, they're going to change that again. Uh, I yep. wouldn't be surprised. So what's. Yep. And uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, you know, the recent tax laws do change or probably will change in 2025, yep, which is when expire. the Trump era taxes go. Yeah. Right? And they're going to go uh, back up. So we'll be talking a lot about this between now and yeah. then. But so the first thing, The first major thing that you can do and probably the best thing is to make sure that you're talking uh, to all of your clients about, you know, Roth contributions. Okay. In some way, because as you probably know, Roth IRAs are not subject to those required minimum distributions, which are going to be a huge source of taxable income for retirees. And so this can be applied to many different types of Roth accounts. Uh, The first thing to consider when you're sitting down with your advisor is looking at the current plan that you're in. If you're still working, you might have the opportunity 
to either contribute to a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k at your work on a regular basis. And if you do that, then you're going to exclude that money from those future required minimum distributions later in life. Um, and the interesting thing here is a lot of people say, well, I'm working. I, I got to keep my income low because my accountant keeps telling me I got to keep it low. I want to take as many deductions as I possibly can. The best way to do that is just to put my money into the traditional side of a retirement account. Mm. Well, that's the correct thing to do to get you the deduction today. Yeah. But how many people that are working today can afford to pay the taxes because they're working most right. is the answer to that question. Yeah. So pay it now and pay yourself in the form of a Roth contribution instead of a traditional contribution. So you don't have to deal with this later in life. Um, you know, it is important for me to make sure I mention that there is a five-year rule on Roth accounts that has to be satisfied so that the withdrawal meets these qualified distributions where you don't have to pay the taxes. So you need to do some planning ahead with your advisor to make sure that you're doing this on time and in the right fashion. Tony. Yeah. So, and you need to consider uh, Roth conversions then basically is what you're telling our listeners out there. Convert some of that money into a Roth IRA or a Roth. Now they have Roth 401ks too, right? They do. So the first thing was Roth contribution. So make sure that you're contributing all yes. of your money if you're saving for retirement today into the Roth contribution side. Okay. If you don't have the ability to put any money in the account because you're you've retired at a younger age and you're not working, <clears throat> um, the next thing to think about is that Roth conversion. And this should be something that you're looking at every single year with your advisor. Uh, typically, I do this a lot in this in the third and fourth quarters. Because you don't want to do it too early on in the year, and the reason for that is because who knows what kind of income needs you're going to have. What if uh, what if something happens and you have to take an additional ten, fifteen, twenty thousand out of your retirement accounts to pay for something you didn't expect? That's going to put you in a higher tax bracket. So if you do an early Roth conversion, you could really hurt yourself by doing it. So the point is, make sure you're doing some Roth conversion planning with your advisor in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah because you'll have a better understanding of what your uh, overall income is going to be for the year. And then they can help you project out uh, the best option for how much you should convert. Yeah, I think that's huge. And so uh, if you're not already working with a financial advisor, uh, a financial services professional, uh, independent, you can trust a fiduciary, you need to pick up the phone and give Nick a call. And if you are, maybe get a second opinion on where you're at. And if they, and, right. And, and uh, totally right, Tony. And here's the thing. Uh, we talked earlier about that income plan that we create with all of our clients. And if you don't have a spreadsheet with an income plan from your advisor that specifically outlines how much you're going to take, when you're going to take it, what assets you're going to take it from and how it's going to be taxed, you're at, you're definitely, um, you know, at a disservice. You're doing a disservice to yourself is what I should have said. And, um, and, and the reason why I mentioned that, we also have some great Roth tools, okay, uh, which will help us determine the contribution side and also mostly the conversion side to keep you in specific tax brackets based on your scenario. So I can help you uh, that way by providing some of those specific, um, you know, reports uh, showing you kind of in black and white where you should be yeah. um, from a tax Yeah, that's huge. And now what's next? So another way, obviously, to be able to help reduce your required minimum distributions 
um, is through charitable dis- distributions, ah. right? Qual- qualified charitable sure. distributions. We talk a little bit about this on our previous shows, but as a reminder, um, anybody that's got a traditional IRA um, and who is at least 70 and a half does have the ability to directly transfer up to $100,000 a year to a, a qualified charitable organization. So people go, well, that's a lot of money to give to charity. That's not the point. The point is, if you're sitting down with your advisor in the third or fourth quarter and you know what your income is already going to be, they should already know what your required minimum distribution is going to be because you can figure that out January 2nd. And you, if you talk to them and you say, well, you know, I do like to give money to specific charities. And if I give it to them in the form of my required minimum distribution, it not only helps them, I don't pay taxes on it, and it actually reduces my overall income. So this is a perfect example of a threshold point that you want to discuss with your advisor so that they can do the math and say, okay, look, you're right now on the cusp of this specific tax bracket with social security. You're at the 85% limit. However, you have to take $10,000 in a required minimum distribution this year. If you donate half of that to charity, now you only get into the 50% range on the social security taxation portion of it. Maybe you should do it. And they're like, well, I was already going to give $5,000 to the charity. Well, there you go. It's a home run for both of you. Wow. Right. Yeah, that is good. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. And it's a win-win is what you're saying. Definitely. It's so easy to accomplish and do. Um, Many of our clients uh, are completely, uh, 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 you know, enamored by, by being generous to charities. And I love that. Um, And so many of them donate in so many different ways, but they don't remember unless we mention it to them sometimes that they can actually donate taxable funds on the retirement side directly and not have to pay the taxes themselves. And it might put them in a better tax situation as a result of that. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's a good one. Well, what else can we do to reduce taxes on social security? Um, so the other thing is um, definitely need to sit down and, and talk with your advisor about tax lost harvesting. This is um, this has not been talked about for quite some time because the market's gone straight up except for this last yeah. year. So when the market goes up, it's not as easy to consider this. But when the market's either flat or down, you're going to have some losses inside your investment accounts. Sure. This does not pertain to re- retirement accounts. It pertains to other investment accounts. Um, but there is an advantage of losing on an investment side. If you take a loss, that will help you offset your income. Okay, so if you've got some gains on one side, say you've got ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in gains from investments, but you also have the ability to have a loss of the same amount because of whatever reason for that investment it went down. If you if you make sure that you actually sell that before the end of the year, it could offset the gains. And so it could keep you in a lower tax bracket as a result of it. Oh, okay. Now also, Tony, if you don't have any gains to offset, you do have the ability to write off a certain amount of losses in investments every year against your ordinary income. Right now, it's $3,000 a year. Um, so I mentioned that, and a lot of people go, $3,000? Well, that's not a lot. Well, it's a lot if you call me in April and tell me you need to pay an extra three grand in taxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Doing yeah. It. You're like, hey, do you want to pay in that three grand or receive three grand or get it nullified? That's the thing. You want to get it knocked off. Any way to minimize that tax burden. I mean, that's that's huge. That's another big one. And I, 
I just think, you know, there are a lot of strategies people can employ here. And, and again, yep. this is big. So uh, what else do you have for us? So the next is, you know, and it's interesting. I've had a couple of new clients that have come in lately and we do uh, quarterly and semi-annual reviews and they just expect that we're going to talk about portfolio performance or something like mm-hmm. that. But so many of the topics are exactly what we've discussed today because you got to be on top of these types of things. And here's another perfect example. Uh, in some situations, you should combine several years worth of your expenses into one year. So what do I, what do I mean by that? Well, remember, uh, we want to keep you in an optimized tax position. And let's say that you're meeting with your advisor in the fourth quarter. and You know that you have a huge expense coming up with a trip that you're going to take or 20 grand that you got to put into your house roof or something like that. Instead of just taking the money out and not thinking about the tax situation, what if I give you half of it this year and half of it next year? Or what if we didn't take any this year and we waited two months and we took it in January because it would put you in a different tax situation. Like those are huge, huge huge things that you got to talk about. Um, And it's just a very simple strategy to make sure that you're putting yourself in the same situation or best situation that you want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's key right there. Obviously um, uh, you really need to strategize and look at all the numbers and look at the big picture. I think sometimes when we talk about, think of tax professionals, we think of CPAs and they're looking at maybe just this year, you also need somebody like a financial advisor, like yourself, Nick, who looks at the big picture and says, okay, you've got this going on here or this coming up next year, you're going to need this. So we need to plan for that. And that's really a big part of financial planning is also tax planning, isn't it? Uh, Totally. Uh, The income stream and how you figure this all out is perhaps the most important thing. And you know, Tony, we talked a lot today about social security, but this all directly relates to one final thing that maybe I'd like to mention, which is um, it's not social security is not the only federal program uh, where higher income participants face additional costs. You already know what the next one is. It's Medicare, right? Because Medicare adds an income related monthly adjustment amount also known as Irma, right? As a surcharge to increase the premiums that you're going to pay on part B and part D listeners. And so, these premium adjustments are based on your income in the prior two-year period. Um, and you just need to talk to your advisor about strategies to reduce those taxes on your Social Security and on your total income if you're in a situation where um, you don't want to pay additional surcharges. Right. Um, so Medicare premiums just go up if you make more money. So you got to know where the thresholds are and think about that as well. A huge, huge piece of the puzzle. Wow. I would have never thought of that one. Well, you know what, Nick? We're out of time. So give our listeners that web address one more time where they can go to get more information, check out the show, and also fill out the contact form to get a hold of you. Sure thing. They can go to jonesfinancialtalk.com. Lots of great information there. Uh, I've shared a lot of different points today, and uh, we've got lots of resources to help our listeners out. Uh, please don't hesitate to uh, to reach out to us, listeners, jonesfinancialtalk.com. All right. Sounds great. And that does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541 541- 
773-973-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.